Hey, everybody. This week, we're going to talk about the hidden costs of living in Orlando on this week's Moving to Orlando show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Coming to you from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined, as always, by real estate agent, Mr. Sean Falk. Hi. And our producer, Mr. Corey Fiascanaro. Welcome. And uh, just a reminder, folks, please, right now, smash that subscribe button and that like button and that little bell that gives you a notification every time we put up uh, new content on our channel. If you're watching us on Diz Unplugged, uh, on the Diz Unplugged YouTube channel, that's awesome. Uh, also, please go ahead and subscribe over on youtube.com slash moving to Orlando, putting up a lot of content there that does not go up on Diz Unplugged. So if you want to learn more about the moving to Orlando experience, doing a lot of home tours that have become very popular. Um, so please go check that out. So this week, we're going to talk about the hidden costs of living in Orlando. This is an article that I put up on movingtoorlando.com a couple weeks ago um, that got a lot of discussion. Um, and this is by no means the most exhaustive list, but it's a good one. Uh, these are really kind of the top things you need to be aware of that uh, expenses that you may not have where you live Right now, obviously, the number one uh, is uh, HOA fees, homeowners association fees. Um, HOAs are not unique to Florida, but they are pervasive here. And there are so many differences. Not all HOAs are created equal, right? So you could have an HOA that's charging you $500 a month and basically does nothing or one that charges you $300 a month and they clean your pool and do your landscaping and replace your roof. Um, but almost all communities in Orlando, not all of them, but most of them have homeowners associations. And we've kind of discussed this on, on other shows. Um, but you know, a lot of people like I, live in a community outside of downtown Orlando that does not have an HOA. And that's what I wanted. Um, but there's an argument to be made for HOAs. They are, they are important, you know, well-run HOA kind of protects your property values and uh, make sure that, you know, there's a standard to how all the houses look that you can't have what I have next door, which is, you know, a pink house and a lawn that hasn't been cut since the fifties. Um, so in HOA, they'd be, you know, that person would be getting fined. That person would be getting, you know, there's, there's some accountability. Um, but they're all over the place and you've seen this, Sean. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's tons of communities that are HOA communities. I didn't grow up in one or I, you know, in any areas that had HOAs. So, you know, I was concerned when I first moved here and bought into one, but it ended up not being a huge deal. Um, a lot of people get a little freaked out because for most places, the HOA has to approve your uh, application. Like you need to apply to be in the HOA. So some people think, oh, I, you know, 
are they going to say no? Like, are we going to get through this process? They're not going to say no. It's mostly for their legal backup in case the previous person didn't pay their dues the way they were supposed to. They can kind of recoup some of that at closing if they need to. So once that seller gets their money, they can get that money back. Um, so a lot of it has to do with that. There also is, and we don't talk about it too much with HOAs, but there sometimes there's CDDs as, as well, um, which is um, community development it, district. Yeah, but um, it, it's mostly going to be things that when the properties were being built in this community, um, expenses that came up that are attached, and so if you're going to live in a community that's gated. Those roads have now become private roads. They're not public roads anymore. So the funding for those and the maintenance of those cannot be paid anymore out of, you know, city taxes and everything because I don't live in that community. I don't have access to them. I don't, I shouldn't have to pay for them. So um, that is something to take into consideration whenever you want to buy in a community that is gated. Um, the CDDs only last for a certain amount of time. A lot of times it's already wrapped up in your taxes. So it, you, most of the time you don't even notice it. But just so you're aware that they exist. So the other thing that you need to be mindful of uh, is homeowners insurance. Uh, Florida is the most expensive state in the union for homeowners insurance. Uh, the average annual premium in Florida uh, is about uh, is just under two thousand dollars a year for your homeowners insurance. Um, now, in a lot of cases, that's going to be bundled with your mortgage. So it's not like a separate bill you're necessarily paying. Of course, it does impact, you know, what you pay. Um, it is also more difficult to get homeowners insurance in Florida. After 2003, when the eye of, especially here in Orlando, the eye of three hurricanes passed over downtown Orlando. Um, and most hurricane seasons, we see at least one. Uh, especially if you're living on the coast, if you're living on either coast, the, the Gulf Coast or the Atlantic Coast. Um, uh, when the, when, when 2000, after 2003 happened, uh, a lot of insurance companies were like, okay, we're out, we're out. We're not, we're just not going to do business in the state. Um, and that of course, uh, drove uh, the prices up. Um, so it's, uh, definitely something to factor in, uh, is the cost of your homeowner's insurance. Um, now. When I first moved here, we're going to talk about tolls, the toll roads. Um, I come from New Jersey, which I thought was toll booth capital of the world because you couldn't go anywhere without having to pay a toll. Um, they got not, Jersey's got nothing on Florida. Yeah. Jersey's got nothing. And, and we're not talking about 50 cents on the parkway. We're talking about, oh, you moved, you drove a mile, give me $5, you know? <laughs> so, um, you got a lot of toll roads, uh, a lot of toll roads uh, in in Florida. Uh, Florida's Turnpike, the Beach Line, East and West, Seminole Expressway, uh, the Southern Connector Extension, the Dan Daniel Webster Western Beltway Part C, uh, the Wakiva Parkway, the Osceola Parkway, and the po Poinciana Parkway are just though that's just Central Florida. Yeah, and putting avoid tolls on your GPS is going to be your best friend. When I first moved here. I was on the 192 and I put in the GPS to go to Walmart and it was like one mile away, but the closest route for some reason got me on a toll road. So I ended up having to pay the toll and didn't even have cash on me. So then they mailed in their, the, the slip or whatever. But if you just put a avoid tolls on, you just take the very next left and there's no tolls. So it's stuff like that all the time. 
Yeah, and tolls are something we do hit on a lot. I don't notice them anymore just because it's something. I have a Sun Pass or an yeah. E Pass, and I'm just so used to it. Um, it's just part of my general budget. But I, I'm a pretty big advocate for the tolls. Um, I think the tolls are a good thing. Um, they, we have just so many visitors that come to Florida and come to Orlando, and I mean everybody from surrounding states. People drive down from the Northeast, all that stuff. And I don't think I should have to pay for the roads that they're going to use and ruin. Like, you know, I I don't want all of my my tax point. dollars going towards – I mean, if, if I-4 was the only option, it's already a disaster as it is. And I can't imagine if I-4 was my only choice and I'm competing for road space with every person that came – every minivan that drove in from Alabama all the way up to Maine. And, you know, that's an expense that if you're moving here, you would have to take that expense. And we would have to constantly be paying to – out of our tax money to update roads and stuff so i'm like you know if these people come down like they can pay some tolls like i don't care so especially (laughs) coming in off the uh uh off the turnpike because you know orlando kind of like wraps around and those there's like a string of like three or four tolls through there that's like five bucks for one one's like three and all that and it was really annoying when i was coming down on vacation because i'm like god i just spent like ten dollars just to get into orlando and the workaround is like really far to have to go down the coast to get in but you know that's the main reason for it and the longer i've lived here the more i've come to kind of appreciate the tolls because i'm like you know it allows me the opportunity to get around quickly if i want to you don't have to take the tolls you you can definitely avoid them if it's a too much of a budget issue for you but i think it's nice that some of the money gets recouped and you're yeah and you also have to keep in mind too that we have no state income tax Mm -hmm. In Florida, and that's revenue that, you know, in other states that would normally go to maintain the roads. Mm-hmm. But Sean's point is well taken that, you know, a lot of these roads are used by tourists. And so, you know, I don't, I, I, I have the, the e-pass and I don't even pay attention. Yeah. I have no idea what I spend in toll. Then again, I don't leave the house, especially right now, I don't leave the house that much. But generally speaking, um, you know, if my choice is uh, taking the beach line or I four, I'm taking the beach line. Oh yeah, I'll pay the three dollars. Right. Like, you know, and where it's not going to take me three and a half hours to go ten miles. Right. Um, and that's the really far part. Like if you're trying to go to Miami, because for me, the main reason I'm using a lot of these roads is to go on cruises. Because now I live here, so if I want to go to Port Canaveral, I got to pay tolls. If I want to go down to Fort Lauderdale or Miami, I got to pay tolls. And if you don't take the turnpike down to Miami, I don't even, I've never not taken the toll road. I don't know how long it would take you to get there. I don't even know how you'd get there without taking. I mean, you'd literally have to take like every little winding road yeah. through Jupiter and stuff to like get down to, it's crazy. So, and what, one of the things I do like about E-Pass too is that if you go to park at the airport, uh, there's an E-Pass lane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can just charge it right to your E-Pass. You're not dealing, you know. Mm-hmm. Little things. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention on this list is electricity. Um, on average, Floridians pay about thirteen percent more for electric than the national than the national average. Um, part of that is because of you know what kind of we warm weather year round, so people are running their air conditioner and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are some things, some 
some people are starting to complain in my area. It depends on which electric company you have. Mm. I have OUC, mm-hmm. um, the Orlando Utilities Commission. Some people have Duke Energy. Um, some people in the area that have Duke Energy are saying that recently their electric bills doubled. Oh, yeah. And they have no idea why. Um, and it's not because they're they're at home more. Mm. Um, but so, you know. Yeah, I use uh, Kissimmee Utility Authority. Um, so you, there's very few options around the area for what you're going to pick, just depending. But I, you know, nothing against them because I've never used them. But I have never, ever heard a positive or kind thing about Duke Energy. So at this, if it were me and I had to pick just based on word of mouth, I would pick the not Duke Energy option yeah. because I've only heard terrible things. So I don't I, know why that is, but that's all I've heard. I have Duke and I had them back at my apartment before I moved to my new home. Uh, and I have noticed like the bills have gone up. I didn't really think much of it. You've been in like, your house 11 minutes. How can you tell? Well, I had Duke at my old He's apartment, apartment too. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, And now I still have Duke now. But at the apartment, yeah, I've noticed like my electric bill skyrocketed, but I just chalked it up to, you know, the AC is always running. Maybe mm-hmm. that's it. But I had nothing to compare it to prior to the last year. So I just kind of rolled with it, but it is quite high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I. I mean, I have a lot of equipment in the house. My house is on the larger side. Um, I keep my air conditioning at around 74, 75, depending. Um, and I still pay anywhere from three to $500 a month during the, uh, and then during the summer, it goes high as set last month was like 700 bucks. Yeah. Um, but also at night I need it to be cold. So at night I've got to drop the yeah, I run one. mine a lot. Plus, I, I hear from a lot of people in the Northeast that it's more common to also have gas hookup as well. And, like, they don't run everything through electric, I guess. Yeah, well, in the Northeast. everything is, is electric. electric. So, it's there really isn't anything to offset that. Where maybe there, it's kind of like, well, between the electric and the gas, it kind of adds up a bit more. But here, it's all electric pretty much. So, um, Yeah, and property taxes. The other thing, uh, we are not the most expensive state in America for property taxes. We're actually right in the middle. We're 26th on the list of uh, property for property taxes. Um, if you are coming from the Northeast, John was just talking about the Northeast, then the property taxes here are Great. a joke. Yeah. Um, they're so low. But from a lot of other places, that's not necessarily that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's shocking. Uh, when I came from Tennessee, I was floored how expensive the the taxes were here on houses it was like triple what it is in in tennessee so it's uh it's it's a big you say well in but in jersey oh it's yours like, is triple what ours is oh here. it's ins- like, more yeah um it's insane um now we put this article up on moving to orlando.com like i said a few weeks ago and uh one other thing people mentioned that i didn't include in the article but i should include here is that uh, car insurance mm-hmm. is more expensive here than it is uh, in other places. And I, I can vouch for that. Um, uh, I'm not going to give specifics, but, um, you know, I have one car. Um, I'm 55 years old. I have an absolutely perfect driving record. And I still pay a lot of money mm-hmm. for my car insurance. Um, and I've shopped around. It's not like, yeah. you know, uh, I've shopped and I pay, 
I pay a real, a, you know, a decent amount every year mm-hmm. for car insurance, Florida. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have two things to add to the list as well. Um, number one is closing costs. Um, not, it's not that we have the most expensive closing costs in the country, but we, they are higher than a lot of places. Um, I tell people a lot. I didn't set, realize that. Yeah, I tell people a lot. Set aside ten to thirteen thousand dollars somewhere in there to just on the closing cost portion of buying your home beyond the down payment and everything because uh our closing costs are pretty high and that's actually become something as i've learned more about real estate and gotten more into it that i've actually come to appreciate how expensive it is and i paid it when i bought my house so um i've been there too and i thought it was ridiculous at the time but Again, we don't have state income tax. And if you want to move here and keep not having state income tax, we have to have these very high – it's got to get paid for somehow. And the, to me, I think it's a great way of doing it because people who are buying second homes who have no intention of moving here and people from other countries who are buying second homes that they're running as a business, this isn't their primary state. They're not going to pay taxes in the same way that they will in their home state. And a good way for the state of Florida to recoup that money is by charging – us who are choosing to live here full time, but also charging the other 50% of people that are buying from a distance and have no intention of moving to Florida at all. So without those high closing costs, we would either have to um, start having a state income tax or without them, um, that money is just going to have to come from somewhere. So you'll just see this tremendous dip in where the tax money is going, whether it's schools or roads or whatever the you know whatever the options are uh, depending on what the state pays for typically um, you know that money has to come from somewhere and I think closing costs are a very fair place to put it because it makes a lot of the money come from people that have no intention of living in this state. Mm. So that's so, a good point. I never thought about that. Yeah. Um, so the more I've delved into this, I'm like, yeah, I like I, it's it's okay actually. So um, it's not it's not as bad as we think. And then my second one, which I thought of this morning, is uh, I'm not going to say it's more. I'm just going to say it's different. Uh, thinking about the theme parks. And before I moved here, you know, my family we maybe took one vacation, maybe two to Disney a year. We did stay on site, but we just stayed a couple of days. You bought your park ticket, and here, you know, you think, oh, I'll move here and I'll just get an annual pass, and that's going to save me a bunch of money there. But it does. But then I got a Disney annual pass, and then I wanted the platinum pass because I didn't want blockout days, and then I wanted a Universal pass. So now I have that, and then I love Volcano Bay, so I had that pass, <laughs> and so now I have passes to those. Then people you know, come to town because they want to stay with you and visit. And then you want to go to the parks with them that are visiting you. And also I've found myself trying a lot more restaurants and stuff that I usually yeah, wouldn't have that's tried. A good point. I would have gotten, you know, if I only had four days in the parks, I would have just done quick service and moved on. Now, I love, I have done California Grill. Now I've taken my friends to California Grill. Now my family loves it. And when they come to town, they want to do California Grill. And so very quickly, I'm like, wow, I find myself eating at nicer Disney restaurants than I used to. And while, yes, I'm saving money not doing that vacation all, you know, one a year, it is like a Wednesday night and I'm at Takumite in uh, the Japan Pavilion and just spent like, we spent like $300 on a meal kind of thing. So it's uh, it does add up in that way. I wouldn't say 
I, I would say it is a hidden cost of coming here and, well, and doing that. It's different costs for Disney. Your point's so. well taken in that I, ha- I really hadn't thought of it until you said it, but yeah, I mean, you know, we all moved down here to be closer to the parks. Um, and, but then you're in the parks and you're buying food, you're buying, you know, oh, look at that merch. Things you may not have spent money on on vacation, mm-hmm. you'll spend money on now. And yeah, you know what? It's not the cheapest meal. And, and it also, you know, I think the theme park effect um, has has impacted all of the area in terms of the price prices of dining. Yeah. Um, there was a time, I'd say even 10 or 15 years ago, when there was a there was a difference between what you paid at a signature restaurant on property and what you paid at a similar restaurant, you know, maybe outside of downtown Orlando or in Winter Park. I don't think that's the case anymore. I no. think the you know it's all kind of leveled up. So I think Disney and the success of the restaurants at Disney have driven the price up. Yeah. Uh, of of you know just to dine out here now. Look, that's not. I'm not sitting here saying. You know, you got to roll quarters in order to live here. Yeah, you don't. But, um, but if somebody says, "Let's go grab drinks," and you're in Wisconsin, that could mean your local bar that's running like three dollar pitchers or like two dollar margaritas or something. Here, if somebody's like, "Let's go grab drinks," we're going to Disney Springs, and you're spending fifteen dollars a drink. You know, at each little place and. You know, then you got to get food and then all the shops and all the stuff. And, you know, then you go to the movies and it's a whole thing when you're there. So it's uh, it's stuff I hadn't really added up until this morning when I was thinking on this topic. I'm like, yeah, I spend equally probably as much as yeah. I did coming yeah. on vacation, just spread out in a year. But it's just not, you know. I'm fine it, with it. But it's nice to be able to just go and do it when you want. Yeah. And, you know, so. All right, folks. That's going to do it for this week's episode of our show. If you're interested in moving to Orlando, uh, please uh, head over to our website, movingtoorlando.com. Reach out to us uh, via email, admin at movingtoorlando.com. Or you can just email Sean directly, S-E-A-N at movingtoorlando.com. Thanks very much, folks. And we'll see you again next week.